that Cloverfield movie was awful. Was it? I haven't seen it yet. I, I mean, you know how contrarian I get. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun being part of the bandwagon this time and agreeing with everyone that says it's bad. Yeah. I don't even know what it's about. It's, well, it's, I mean, you know, this actually, I think partially the marketing didn't help it. Uh, did you see the Super Bowl ad? No. It plays pretty much the trailer for the first Cloverfield movie and, like, literally says, you know, all the unanswered questions uh, find out tonight what caused it. And, uh, I mean, spoiler, they don't. They shouldn't huh. have said that. They should not have shown clips from the good movie. They should have presented it like a standalone thing and left it kind of like how 10 Cloverfield Lane worked. Yeah, because that movie was fantastic. It was, a, it was a better movie than this, but I think it was also fun going in not expecting anything. And with this one, they're like, hey, look forward to the monster stuff, and you do not see a monster in it. Really? There's no monsters? You, I mean, are you going to watch it? Um, I will eventually. I, I don't have, like, Netflix streaming, so I'll have to borrow someone's account. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers for anybody at home, but... What the world? <laughs> it's the aliens that are coming for you. I guess. Um, the... There's no monster. Like, you see the monster at the very end, but it is not at all part of the plot. So is it, like, a prequel? It is. Oh, that's but lame. They also don't do anything to actually explain anything. It's like literally just uh, there's a science experiment and it goes wrong like you would expect because it's a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. And it like the whole movie pretty much takes place on this space station that gets stranded out in space. So how is it a prequel? Because the first one didn't take place with that kind of technology, did it? Uh, no, it, like it didn't. Run of the mill space station or something. Yep. They really goofed up. Weird. It's bad. I've I've heard it's pretty bad. Like, uh, which is surprising because the first one was like, you either liked it or you didn't. Like, the shaky cam was, you know, could make you a little nauseated. Um, if you're not used to that, thought the second one was a fantastic movie, but partly because it was like nothing to do with the first one. Um, and so to make this third one to be like, hey, this is about the first two, but then it's a prequel that's set in the future. That doesn't make any fuck all sense. Unless it deals with time travel. Uh, I I don't know if it does or doesn't. Like, mm. I don't think it does, but the way they present the stuff in the movie is very bad, so for all I know, it does. It's the same writer and director, right? Like, No. I don't think so. I, I didn't I mean, fact check that. I, I don't know. I, it's like, because John Goodman's in the second one, and he, he makes anything amazing, because that dude is, like, just a treasure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the acting... And the directing, and I mean, everything about 10 Cloverfield Lane, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could have done without the ending. I like, like the if, ending, but I know that's I kind do, of a, you know, some people really don't. It's not necessary, and it no. rubs some people the wrong way. With this one, I feel like they could have done, um, did you see that movie Life, or Discovery, or something? where they? No, but it looked like a copy of Alien. So this is almost like that, but imagine if aliens never show up. Huh. Like there's a vibe that, oh no, is something spooky going to happen? And it's like, oh no. I kind of oh, like the concept Oh, something spooky going to happen? That. Oh, that was stupid. But there has to be like a, there, there has to be like a really good thematic or narrative reason for it. 
Uh, it's, but this sounds like it's maybe just a bait and switch. It's not even that. It's just lame. Hmm. Like it, there's the acting is not good. The writing is terrible. Weird. I think. Um. Yeah. It. I don't know why it was made or who for who. I don't know. Some. Um, because it sounded like there was some big plans for the this Cloverfield trilogy, and like there's little little bits and pieces in the second movie that call back to the first one, like business names and stuff, like oh, these little continuity nods. But they could just be kind of like Easter eggs. They might not have anything to do with anything. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I I just want to. I think you might enjoy the movie better if you can separate Cloverfield from this movie. Uh, so I just want to say, like, what what they're doing is they're going to, like, turn on a Hydron Collider. Hmm. Um, and uh, they're watching the news, and there's this, like, nutbag who's like, no, you don't understand. If you turn on the machine, then the Cloverfield Paradox will happen, and demons will show up. And the news lady is like, really? Demons? And then <laughs> at the end, a Cloverfield monster's there, like, right before the credits. Weird. They they don't like. There's no portal and demons come out. There's no explanation of what actually happens. It it's very just a bad movie. Written by. It's produced by J.J. Abrams, but I don't know if he wrote it. And I I feel like. I don't know if he read it. He's just like, oh, Cloverfield. Yeah, do one of those. Yeah, because the, the one writer that has a wiki page definitely did not work on the other two movies, and then the other writer doesn't have a wiki page. And of course, J.J. Abrams has a giant wiki page, so I probably shouldn't go through it. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, he's, he definitely... He, he didn't write 10 Cloverfield Lane either, he just produced it. No, and and this is, uh, this is what Cloverfield and Cloverfield 10 Lane were both almost these, like, I don't want to call him indie, but it was like, hey, let's grab a nobody and give him a chance. Yeah. And it was like a not charity, but kind of, hey, let's not just have this cycle of already known directors directing the same movie over and over again. And it's this concerted effort to bring in new blood. Because they're all and three then with are, this are written one, by different people. I just I just looked at that. It's like, hey, heads up. It's going straight to Netflix, maybe for a reason. I need to move my iPod. I keep setting my glass on it, making noise, dumbass. Ooh. Oh How's yeah. So, um, this is opinions are cheap. I'm yeah. your host with the most. It's Cameron McMost, <clears throat> and <clears throat> this is the baller from another Mahler, Chad Waller. I like that. How you doing? Doing all right. Probably. I'm, I'm drinking rum. Rum helps. I got Mike's hard lemonade. Last time I had this, it made me sick. So tonight, I'm thinking I'll drink two and see if that fixes it. Yeah, anything more than two, and it it, it feels a little weird. There's a lot of sugar in that. <sighs> the uh, I got like this whole week. I've had the Beverly Hillbillies theme song stuck in my head. <laughs> I freaking love what you did to uh, with, with last episode. That was. That made my, like, four days after. That was a good episode, though. Th- that's I think we good. had we had some fun talks. 
about some get, fun stuff. I get worried when we when we kind of jump around and, and shotgun stuff like, hey, do you know about this? No. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about it anyways, which if we're going to do sci-fi this time, it could be the same thing. What is sci-fi? That's a really good question. I was thinking about that today, actually, because a lot of the sci-fi stuff you see or stuff that's like sci-fi, it's like, oh, different planets and laser swords and, 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 and lasers and all the speeder bikes and stuff like that, like. It's basically just fantasy, but made out of metal. Um, like flying a spaceship versus flying a dragon. Or, you know, shooting a spell versus shooting a laser gun. Like, it, 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 as far as genre fiction go, you're getting a lot of the same stuff. It's just a different coat of paint. I like sense. Back to the Future. Okay. That's a sci-fi but there's a what what's the word there's like there's very little sci-fi actually going on right there's I mean you a, mentioned that with um with like the alien movies where they're, they're sci-fi movies but they're other than you, you you know the spaceship flies you know the guns are kind of futuristic but really they're horror movies yeah like I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is sci-fi is more about a setting than the story right right because I, I kind of get sometimes a weird, uh, I don't know, when when I say sci-fi, immediately the first thing that comes to mind is like a poster for Star Trek. Yeah. But it's hard to get out of that bubble because there's actually a lot of different things that fall into sci-fi that I really like. But if you think about the Star Trek-esque stuff, uh, you get trapped in this box where a lot of it's garbage. And it's like, you know, that's why people didn't really respect uh, sci-fi movies until Star Wars came around, because there's kind of this, like, Flash Gordon-style garbage, where it's like, oh, that's a dumb kid's movie because it has lasers and robots. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a problem with genre fiction itself, uh, not to, like, spill into fantasy, but I have more fantasy books than I do sci-fi books, and I also have more fantasy books that do not hold up from when I was in high school to when I am now. Like... I got a lot of those. Like, I really should get rid of these because they're not good books. You know, I think uh, I I don't have any sci-fi books. I somehow. have very few, and the ones I but do have aren't very good. I think my dad is like fifty-fifty in his library. Hmm. He loves Asimov. He loves uh, Star Trek and X-Men crossover. He loves uh, Stephen King stuff that sometimes I love gets Stephen a little King. weird. But what, Stephen King's another one of those where he'll have like sci-fi elements in his books, but they're not—they're not like the stereotypical sci-fi. He doesn't really have anything set in space. But if you read like the Tommyknockers, you know it's about aliens and alien technology. Um, yeah, and sometimes just technology going wrong, and it's like—is it because of ghosts or is it because it's technology? And they don't really address it because he's a yeah. good writer. He doesn't explain everything. Because you definitely don't need to. Um, right. He knows when to explain. Yeah, I love Stephen King. I, I love the Tommyknockers, which uh, apparently that's a book that people, some King fans don't really care for. Uh, but it was like my first Stephen King novel, and I was like, holy shit, this dude is amazing. Also, it's a, it's like a metaphor for him being on cocaine, because he wrote the whole thing when he was on cocaine. <laughs> he is a national treasure. He really is. He's like in his seventies, um, and he's got like a really fun Facebook page. He posts funny shit, and he takes pictures of his cute dog. He's great. The there's got to be something else. 
I know there was something specific I wanted to bring up, but like you mentioned, there's kind of there's science fiction and then science fantasy. So and I I love science fantasy as you a read, setting. Um, the Wrinkle in Time books. No. So I just reread those the first time since like fourth grade, and I'm really surprised at how science fantasy they are because on the on one end, they're very science fiction. There's a lot of actual science in those books. Um, the first one goes really hard into like uh, dimensional travel and the, the different dimensions. Um, and it, it actually explains like kind of like using a wormhole to travel. Like you know, the shortest distance distance between two points isn't a line; it's a wormhole because you put the points closer together. And so it goes into like depth like that. But then all of the um, the visuals are very fantasy based. Like they're flying around on like these kind of winged horse people like centaurs with wings and uh the evilness is like this big lurking cloud of like darkness kind of shit you know like the very that kind of thing um it, it's really cool each book goes into a different sci-fi concept but then covers it with uh, a little more like kid friendly f- kid friendly uh fantasy uh visuals um it, they're very charming what do you think of that movie the one that's going to come out? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mostly reread the books because I'm, I'm kind of excited to see the movie. I don't know if it'll be good or not, but I'm I'm excited to see the visuals put to the big screen. Because if nothing else, there's some cool visuals in those books. I will say it looks better than Ready Player One. Yeah, well. I don't like Ready Player One. If anybody can turn that into a good story, it's Steven Spielberg. But can I'll, he? Can maybe? he? Is well, he actually a good director? Or does he just get lucky a couple times and people I give him know. credit? I think, he, I think he knows his shit. All right, all right. I don't. I I'm finding that his track record, like his his percentage of good movies, goes down with every passing year. Hmm. That's and I never like. It's not like they age poorly. Like if you go back and watch Jurassic Park, there's some brilliant stuff in it that still holds up, and it's a very good movie. But if you watch uh, Big Fucking Giant, it's like, eh, Dude, it's I like fine. the BFG. That was a good movie. It's it was fine. fine. It's not it's amazing, not, but it was it was cute as hell. It's like, not amazing. No. And it's you like, did Men eh. in Black 3? What the fuck? He also, oh, he produced it. He did Lincoln. I mean, that, like, that was nominated for an Oscar. Now I'm looking at Steven Spielberg movies. I don't know. Yeah, he's got some... He's got some stuff I don't totally care for, and some stuff that I think's pretty good. But the, the the problem with Ready Player One is there's no like part in it. It's it's like a forty year old man masturbating over the things he used to love when he was a kid. You know, in three hundred pages, like none of the characters have any like real character to them. And I feel like someone like Steven Spielberg and a decent scriptwriter could could make them likable and real people, and then maybe you have kind of a fun adventure movie. Yeah, I would hope so. Oh, uh, did you see Bright? Mm-mm. That's also on Netflix. I heard it was terrible. It, you know, I I don't want to call it terrible. I think it has a couple weird, like bits to it that take away. It, it it's actually kind of a cool uh concept, and then they don't execute on the concept, and then the story doesn't have a whole lot to do with the actual concept. Oh, weird. It, yeah, it's a little weird. They spend like the first third of the movie doing this world building where it's basically like a fantasy world, but in the year 2017. 
So it's like, you know, there's orcs and elves and centaurs and stuff. And the first uh, orc police officer is teamed up with Will Smith, and he's like kind of racist against orcs. And uh, at first, it sounds like a like a neat idea, kind of like it, it does the same problem that Zootopia does, where they kind of touch on this idea of racism, but they portray races by having actual like reason to be afraid of the predatory fanged tusk monsters. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look, they're they're just like black people, right? And it's like, no, what are you saying? You can't just have them like spray painting graffiti and listening to rap music and go see their people too. It's like, no, they literally have like bloody heads on pikes. Like, they're orcs. That's that's a very bad analogy to compare. Yeah, it was them to it black was a people. little weird with with Zootopia where it's like, if uh the fox, I can't remember his name, Nick, Nick, if Nick gets that, you know the 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 plant or whatever and he turns vicious like he will actually be able to rip judy apart because he's way bigger and he's got bigger teeth and he's got claws and like he's instinctually capable of ripping a rabbit apart so yeah there is a a slight problem with with some of the world building there but i don't i guess it never bothered me it might bother me more with orcs um well in, because... in zootopia it's enough of a kid's cartoon that you give it a pass to a certain yeah. degree and with this one they treat it so serious and they're so like deliberate about it like there's in Zootopia, there's no gangs of predators that are listening to rap music and dressing like thugs. Sure. And in this one, it's like they took all the Mexicans out of the world and just said, look, they're orcs, but treat them like human beings, even though they're clearly not human beings. And look, Will Smith is black, so it's not about blacks, okay? And yeah, that was so, that's like, what it like, Will Smith is the racist one, and it's like... Wow, they're really they're trying to say something there, and I don't know. I guess I've heard it. It's very not good and very clumsy at what it tries to do. I have not seen it, so I don't. I don't have the context of of how well it works. Now I do feel that's only in like the first third of the movie, and once they get into the plot, it's a buddy cop adventure that happens to have like a magic wand and an elf princess. You know, sure. So it's like oh, okay, it's it's worth having on in the background. Yeah, I can dig that. Um, I mean it. I guess that's more fantasy than sci-fi if we want to get back on track. But I, I think just because something is blank setting doesn't necessarily say a lot about the story unless you're telling your story wrong. Yeah. I mean, we can go back to Spielberg. He did Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's a fucking awesome sci-fi movie. I like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, but I don't think any of the the sequels are necessary, and I'm not looking forward to Jurassic World 2. I didn't like Jurassic World, and I haven't really... I don't know if... I've seen 2 and 3, but I don't remember anything about them. They're fine. I feel like Jurassic Park had a story and a message, and the other two were kind of just excuses to see more dinosaur action. Sure. Um, Jurassic World, I liked the message... And I kind of get the feeling that Jurassic World 2 is just going to be an excuse to see dino action. Yeah. I guess I, I, yeah, Jurassic World at least had a message. There's, there's something to be said there. <clears throat> but it, it just goes to show that, like, when you think science fiction, like, I don't know, to me something like Star Wars or Star Trek comes to mind. But really, it's it's about playing, you know, it's like science is the, the could be just the main kind of plot point. You know, they brought dinosaurs back to life. And here's the, you know, go. 
kind of thing. Man, you know, in terms of science fantasy, I want them to try rebooting He-Man again. Hmm. I am really in the mood for more He-Man after watching that toy special. Sure. I actually, I I bought one off eBay. Nice. It's like, okay, I don't, there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be buying He-Man toys off eBay. I don't know. I, I, I've recently got a pretty cool set of Marvel figures from a, my neighbor who got them on clearance. I got Loki and a Thor, but they're from the third movie. So well, that's Thor's cool. Got, Thor's got his swords instead of his hammer. And then Loki didn't have anything, so I gave him a Predator disc because it fit in his hands. That's a that's a lot less uh, homoerotically charged than a He-Man doll. This is true. Also, Gamora fell over again because that bitch has tiny feet. Oh, you know what? You should get some of those uh, Figma stands. They sell good stands in Japan. Hmm, they have, like pegs in them? No, they like clip around the waist, so they fit different figures. Oh. Oh, hey, yeah, look at these things. That's not a bad idea. Because They're very freaking, nice. Freaking Thor, his his feet are really stiff, and like they're bent at a weird angle, and so I have to have him like propped up against something because he can't actually stand. And Loki's not much better. I love the Marvel figures, but man, sometimes they got really stiff joints. I don't have a hair dryer to like soften them up. Do you have you seen any Star Trek? Um, yeah, I've seen Star Trek. I've seen the two of the J.J. Abrams movies, and I've seen a bunch of the really old stuff with uh, Captain Kirk. Have you seen any of the uh, Star Trek continues? No. It's a fan series done by anime voice actors, and. Mm-hmm. The attention to detail is insane. They they recreated these original series sets just so well. And they actually, like, you know, they sat down and wrote scripts that sound... I mean, they, they literally could be aired on TV just fine. Like, they, they hit the tone and the pacing, and they even have, like, the fades to black for commercial breaks at the right times. Nice. The lighting is perfect. It's It's crazy. But what I love is how they did a couple adventures where it's like they they revisit old episodes. So there's one where, like, they... Do you remember that episode with the, the Greek god? Um, it's familiar. They, they land on a planet, and there's, like, literally a Greek god that left Earth because people weren't worshipping him anymore, so he just <laughs> went into space. Star Trek's cool. It had, like, such goofy plots. I know the next generation of my brothers kind of give me the rundown of, like, some of the more interesting episodes there, like, uh, the one with the flute where Captain Kirk goes, like, oh, yeah. sp- spends a whole whole life in, like, a simulation. He wakes up and, like, a couple minutes have passed, and he's got all this, and he's got his flute. That's cool. That's um, a good one. They, they had some neat, high-concept stuff sometimes. They really did, and I appreciate that a lot, because I think that's... It's something you could probably do with fantasy, but it it's also you know works really well with uh, with with sci-fi too. Just going to different planets, and it's just like you don't know what you can see because alien means alien. Like it, you know, it, it can uh, like uh, there's a there's a reset era thread the other day. It was like, would you fuck an intergalactic mo- like monster? Like a space monster shows up and wants to have sex. Would you have sex with it? And someone's like, well, what's it look like? And he's like, oh, it's a woman that's blue or green or something. And everyone's <laughs> like, so like what, like Gamora? That's that's really boring. Like, 
And then people start spitballing, like, well, what if it looks like this, and it's got, you know, ten different carapaces and six mouths, but each one's a vagina, and it's got tentacles coming out of the butthole, and, and it's like, now that's an intergalactic space monster. Um, I like that, you know, like, Lovecraft does this too, where it just, like, it can be just so weird, and, and you can't, you can barely, like, think about it or comprehend it, but it can be a thing because it's space, and space is huge, and you don't know what's out there, and I don't know. I feel like you don't get that much, uh, when, when it comes to fantasy monsters, it, it feels like they have to hit certain, there's gotta be more logic to them. Like, it's gotta exist in this world, it's gotta, uh, you know, only have an X amount of heads, it can't have, like, a thousand, unless it's Hydra. Right, and Bad it also, example. like, in, in fantasy settings, a lot of times, if there is anything weird, it's like, oh, well, magic happened. Yeah. And, uh, like, back to my point about Star Trek, what they do that I think is really good for one hour episode format is Star Trek has these established rules of what you can and cannot do. But then every episode is just about breaking a rule. Sure. So it's like with this one, with the Greek God guy, they can just teleport down to a planet and it's mundane for some reason, but it's like, they have to raise the bar and it's like, Oh wow. He can mind control people or he can like force choke people. And like, well, that doesn't make sense. What's really going on here. And it creates suspense. Yeah. And what was fun about this fan fiction episode was they actually got the actor that played him to reprise the role. And it's like, they found him drifting in space and it's like, he's aging and dying because no one believes him anymore. So they like stuff like that. yeah, Yeah. They take him on board, but it's like, he ends up uh, like telling stories to the crew members and then they start believing in him and he's getting his powers back. And it's just like growing threat on the ship where they can't, they can't resist because it kind of empowers them. And it's like, oh, okay, well, how do we handle this? Cause he's on the ship now. He could just like blow it all up if he wanted to. Sure. And you it's can't just uh, like shoot him cause it's Star Trek. That's typically not a, a solution to the problem. Right. And it's fun because even though they have a lot of crazy stuff that they can just magically do, I think Next Generation has this problem where they almost raise the bar too high, and it's like there's no money, and there's no like limit on resources. They can literally just go to the, the, the computer system and say, hey, make me a tennis racket, and it like generates a tennis racket. And it's like, okay, we'll just recycle this and we're done. <laughs> Even though they're in the middle of space, and it's like, hey, let's just have a holodeck match, and they play tennis, and it's like literally anything is available to them. So it's like, okay, where does the conflict come from? Yeah, I don't know if I like the holodeck thing. I haven't really seen any episodes of that, but it feels a little um convenient, maybe. Sometimes it just gets overused. I think there's neat stuff to it, but then other times it's like, okay, we're really gonna have a whole holodeck episode again. Sure. Like, there's one where there was this, like, children's book episode where it's a it's a hologram, but it's for, like, uh, if you turned on Nick Jr., imagine living in that world. Mm. And then the episode pretty much all takes place there, and it's a little... There's important stuff going on, but these goofy characters really take you out of it, and it's like, okay, I don't really want to watch this anymore. Sure. I don't think I would do well in a Nick Jr. world. Swear and drink too much. Have you had any experience with... Because, like, science fiction can be broken up into two things. Hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. 
and most science fiction's in the soft sci-fi section where they don't explain the science. It's just it works because yes. And so hard sci-fi. I've I've got a couple books like that where they go just really in deep. Like the the guy wrote them with a, an actual like particle physicist, so they go really in deep into particle physics and like how the engines might work and how the aliens might work. Um, it's largely really kind of cool. Like I learned a shitload about particle physics reading those books because uh, it, it's written in a way that's very easy to understand. Um, everything else about the books is kind of terrible. You know, the characters suck, the, the plotting is kind of weird, and the pacing's off. Um, but I guess, like, or like The Martian would be a better example, maybe, too, because people saw that movie. Um, it, where, you know, he's not, it's not that he's growing potatoes on the moon in his poop. It's that he's explaining why he can grow potatoes on the moon in his poop. Like, there's a, a science behind it that, that makes sense. The Martian is a good one. Uh, my problem with hard science fiction is I'm not smart enough to get most of it. Uh, the Martian does a good job of presenting things in a way where they're both believable and understandable. My problem with it is more typically it's not useful information. The Martian made it useful, which was cool. Um, these, these sci-fi books I was talking about with the, with the particle physics, like it's interesting. It's cool. I'm learning. It does nothing to the story. Like, it doesn't matter how the ship's engine works as long as it works. And if it breaks, and the mechanic's like, shit, it's broken, I don't need a two-page essay on why it might be broken. Like, it doesn't advance the plot at all, it's just information. And most hard sci-fi I've read falls into that, that trap where it takes you out of the story to tell you something that you might not know about science... And but it's like yeah, but the the, the ship's falling and the engine's broken. Can, let's fix this first, and then you can tell me why. Like it, it some of it it just kills the momentum. Somebody was complaining about Star Wars because they have laser guns that that shoot lasers, but like lasers are a beam, not a bullet that shoots. Right, and they'd be moving like as fast as the speed of light, probably, so you wouldn't really see them. So somebody was complaining about that, and I said, well, they're not shooting lasers, they're shooting plasma bolts. And they said, what's a plasma bolt? And I said, it's fiction. <laughs> like, they, they really don't explain a lot in Star Wars, but that's because you're supposed to just sit back and enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, it's not important how, how a laser works, it's just cool. Or even a lightsaber. It's like yeah. so. It's so stupid and childish if you think about it. It's just neat to look at. Well, the, the times they've explained how lightsabers work in like the expanded universe or that one shitty Darth Vader Marvel comic, um, which I guess is the in canon one where it's like a Sith has to steal a lightsaber from a Jedi and then like uh, oppress it or whatever, and then it turns red because it's crying or some just horseshit. It's like, I like it, that. Can it just be a red laser sword? No. There's a there's a magic mysticism to lightsabers. Well, and then the the expanded universe one apparently was like the Sith made like the, these crystals are hard to find, so the Sith manufactured them, and then like they're red because they're manufactured, like they're made in a lab or something. And I think that's cooler than the the lightsaber is like sentient, and you're 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 making it sad by using it for bad things. Well, it's more like the Force is sentient than the crystal. Yeah, but the, the lightsaber is... Uh, I mean, like... Because well, we've seen people that they can't use the Force use lightsabers. Um, uh, well, yeah, because it's a crystal. Yeah, and so, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't like it being sentient at all. It's a fucking sword. 
Sentient swords are bad. I've read enough fantasy books where those are bad. If you find one, you need to throw it in a river. Man, there's a really good uh, sentient dagger in WoW. Really? And it it talks like the whole expansion. Whenever you go places, it has commentary. Like if you have it? Yeah, you have it out and it's, it's always like whispering to you. And you're the only one that can hear it. That's awesome. It's radical. But what about characters that can't use daggers? It's only for the Shadow Priest. Aw, oh, that's lame. It's It ties into the story really well. I don't, that's fucking lame. You gotta have a fucking Shadow Priest. I don't know, I always like getting fun weapons in, in WoW. Like, even if like my, like my character could use them, it could be a shitty weapon, but if it looks cool, you know, I'll walk around. Oh, I got a plank it. of wood with a nail in it. <laughs> and it's nice. like, yes! That's all I want. You put like a fiery enchant on it for no fucking reason at all just to do it. People still do that enchant. That's an old enchant. They actually, they practically took out enchants. Oh, that's cool. The thing that made me money when I played. But you can like cosmetically apply them. What do you mean they took out enchants? There's like, there's enchants that only work on shoulders and rings and belts. So they remove the weapon enchants? Yeah, because they, they like removed weapons. Every spec gets their own like if you're a shadow priest, you have to have this dagger and it has like these pre designed stats on it. What about like collecting loot in a dungeon? Uh, no. I don't fucking believe you anymore. I think you're pulling my goddamn leg. No, what you get is artifact power, which is a consumable that makes your weapon stronger. That sounds like destiny. It's awful. It's they worse than destiny. Enchants in World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I Google this shit. So while you're looking that up, none uh, of this stuff is from 20 now. Oh, here's a here's a 2016. The weapons and no weapon enchants in Legion. Really? It's awful. The weapon type enchants now go on next, so no real loss. What about like old stuff? The old stuff is still there. So I mean, like but, those, those spells are still there. Like if, you, if someone's trying to make a level nineteen twink and they want fiery, you can still go sell them that. You you technically can, but they also retooled old stuff where like the stats are different as you level up. So like this is bizarre. You know how you can get like set bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took out all set bonuses except for the current expansion. So if you go back to like Wrath of the Lich King and get the whole set. There's this, like, grayed-out thing of what the ability used to be with a disclaimer that it's now disabled. Weird. Why do they, why do, they do that? I don't know, because it doesn't affect the endgame. Like, the, the numbers are so low that it's not like you'd be wearing it into Legion. So I don't. I honestly don't understand that decision. There was a Twink website I used to go to for, the, for World of Warcraft. I don't remember what it's called, and I feel like if I start Googling Twink, I'm not going to find it. No, that's still a thing. They're just... It's like they're deliberately trying to remove it, and I don't know why. I mean, they already fucking did, basically, because of the way they... You turn off leveling you, then you were put in a different battleground, or battle group, which was fine, but then there's not enough people to populate that, so you gotta move characters. Also fine, but it's just like, if they're gonna keep fucking with it, it it's... I don't know. It was better when I played, goddammit. That's why everyone wants vanilla. But... What what are good sci-fi games? Are um, you looking forward to that cyberpunk one? Uh, what cyberpunk one? 
Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Cyber is that one had like it had like a a, a a talking monkey or something. No, it's the one that CD Projekt Red is making. Oh, they did. Uh, they do Witcher. Yeah, I will not play it because their games are huge and I don't have time for that. Oh. Is okay. That... Well, what what do you have time for, Chad? I was thinking, um, Dead Space is pretty great. Oh, that is a good one. Um, that's one of I... those things where it's more horror than than sci-fi. Like you know, you're you're kind of going back and forth there, but. But what I really like about the sci-fi in that one is, like, there's the, the bits where there's no gravity, and the way that you're using, like, engineering tools that you're just kind of weaponizing. Yes, that part is And awesome. the spacesuits and stuff. Like, it, they they make use of the fantasy that you're you're in this futuristic, you know, space station thing, but they don't rely on it like a weird crutch. It's just part of the story in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Um... What other sci-fi games do I have? I'm going to load up Steam because I haven't done that. Oh, Steam's updating. Of fucking course it is. I like the is, Aliens vs. Predator games. Is uh is Pokemon science fiction? Um, Because there's a lot of dumb garbage in those games. I want to say no. I don't know what Pokemon would be as a genre. It's just, it's just, it's like, it's just Pokemon. It's a, it's its own genre. I, uh, I'm playing Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I got to the moon, and there's like three different stages on the moon, but I only now got the spacesuit, and it's just kind of like it's it's a purely cosmetic thing. But now that I have a spacesuit, like I feel bad about running around without a helmet on. Sure. And it's funny because like his nose gets pressed up against the glass and the helmet because it's like an actual space helmet that doesn't fit him right. <laughs> Nintendo's great. Um. Uh, oh, Star Fox. Star Fox. I, I was like playing Star Fox. Star Fox Two the other day. I haven't played that, but I bet it's cool because you're the Star Fox. I love the music. That those games have always been good about music. We didn't talk about that last week. I don't really remember the music to Star Fox, but it's been a while. The the Super Nintendo one. Like, immediately you're surprised with how action-y it feels just coming out of a Super Nintendo. Nice. Um, Star Fox is cool. Uh, Bioshock. Bioshock is another one that makes really good use of the setting. Yeah, it does. And the video game medium. You know, the the whole. Would you kindly... They do a good job. Yeah, that's a very good game. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked Infinite all right too. Other than, I don't think the gameplay was as good. Infinite was uh, I watched like the movie edit on YouTube. I need to go back and do that because that sounds fun. And I loved it. I mean, it's it's a good story. It's kind of not worth putting up with the gameplay. <laughs> People like Portal. I still haven't played it, but I have it. Oh, you never played Portal? No, it's on my to do list. It's good. I I like the storytelling in Portal and Portal 2, but I think it gets overrated. Because mm. it is very good, but there's this weird, like, Valve fanboyism where, like, I when I go to Comic-Con, there's, like, Portal stuff being sold at every single booth, and I see people walking around with, like, Valve merchandise. 
And it's like, you can't actually be that passionate about it. It's a very short game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the internet's kind of proven that you can be passionate about pretty much anything. Oh, I <laughs> I was watching a H3H3 episode about bronies. How'd you know I was thinking about that? It was funny because the 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 guy he at the time he didn't really know what My Little Pony was. Like he he's aware that there's like a fan base for it, but it's not like he keeps up on it. Sure. And so they're they're watching this news story where they're interviewing a brony, and it's like uh this this guy who in his room he has a bunch of stuff. There's like stuff on the walls, like the comic books he has framed. Um, he has little dolls. He has like bigger like plushies and stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, My Little Pony is a show for for little girls. Like that's the target audience." And I I get that, but there's a uh, there's things about it that anybody can enjoy. You know, there's there's a uh, positive stories. There's the good animation, and it's just you know it's a hobby. You know, I come home from work and it, I like to watch My Little Pony. And he sounds very reasonable mm-hmm. as it cuts to his Applejack fursuit that he's walking around in public and like bothering people in the street. Oh, no. And it's so... The juxtaposition is so bizarre. Because they, they're they clearly trying to prey on him for being weird. And he's doing a good job of defending himself. But then they just kind of... They, they're almost mean about it. Like, look at this weirdo. This will be good for ratings. And it's just kind of... I don't know. To be fair, that is weird. Did you see the new season starting? Yeah, in March, apparently. Uh, did you hear what it's about? No. They're they're leaving uh, Ponyville, and they're going off to some other far-off land to found a school of friendship. Really? That's what Kotaku just said. Like, I, I started huh. reading it when you messaged me to get online, so... Eh, whatever. It seems like a... It's not a bad idea, but I don't know. It's not a good one, either. They, it's an idea. I mean, they... How many episodes have they done? Like they, they got to do something, so they may as well try I this. Think, at this point, they it, it's a good way to shake the series up because the last two seasons have not been good. So if they're gonna try and do something drastically different, I think that's probably in the show's favor. Man, what happens when the show gets canceled? Oh yeah, this is the last season. They're gonna do Generation Five next. Like what? But what do people do? I don't like know. these people that worship it. Because I know there's a lot like, of fans that will continue to enjoy it, but there's the extreme, you know, one percent that mm-hmm. I'm legitimately worried about. Well, I'd, I'd like to think they're more harmful to themselves than other people. <laughs> so, amen to that. I hope they don't do anything stupid, but you know. I'll watch the I'll watch an episode or two of the new stuff, and if I like it, I'll keep going. And if I don't, I'll I'll stop. I mean, it's a cartoon. Do you think Gravity Falls is sci-fi? Yes, I love that show. Gravity Falls is just cartoon X Files. Yeah, there's like ghost, but also magic portal dimension math. So it's a little. I, it's it's strange. Um, ghosts get classified as science fiction if they're modern time ghosts. Doesn't make any sense. Like ghosts are more fucking fantasy than anything. 
Uh, it depends on how they're presented because it's like, oh, it's disrupting the electromagnetic fields. It's like, oh, he used a science word. I heard a science word. Yeah, I suppose. Activate the GMP. Oh, there, it's a device. Okay, yeah, sci-fi. I saw Winchester. Like like Charles Winchester the third? No, the movie. Oh, okay. I'm uh I'm unaware of that movie to be honest. Oh wow, okay. <clears throat> it's got a it's about the Winchester house. Which is Nothing? Like, what, like the really? gun company? Yeah, the oh, okay. okay, so a long time ago this guy named Jonathan Winchester invented the world's best gun and mm-hmm. it killed everyone. So mm-hmm. his wife who is widowed and a billionaire because she owns half the company, uh, built this mansion because she was like really off her rocker, and she believed that all the ghosts of uh, people that were shot by Winchesters come to the house to haunt her. So what she was doing was paying this uh, construction company 24-7 to continually build rooms for all the ghosts. That sounds awesome. Is that real? That's real. That's also no a shit. lot more interesting than anything that happens in the movie. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I I mean, because I love ghost stuff. I love to look into this stuff. And what bugs me at the Winchester house is, like, it's still up, and it's this crazy maze. Like, there's a, there's secret compartment doors. Like, there's rooms that are boarded up. There's a staircase that goes up into the ceiling and just stops. because what she did was at midnight she would commune with the ghosts and they would tell her what to build next so she's like drawing these blueprints and just handing them off to the construction company so it's like they would change the ghosts would change their mind a lot apparently it had 17 chimneys it was a little out there and supposedly 61 rooms she was trying yeah she was trying to um, like build the room that the person was killed in so that the ghosts feel more at home and that way like they could either the ghost would come and come to peace and leave or it wouldn't and if the ghost wouldn't leave then they would seal the room with exactly 13 nails to like keep it in there that seems kind of mean so I mean ghosts are crazy real, but yeah <laughs> still and seems kind of mean like I, I love looking into paranormal stuff and ghost stuff and what bugs me with the Winchester house is it's still standing and it's very creepy, but I can't find any evidence to believe there's any ghosts there because there's no, like, pictures or stuff. It's just, like, the people that clean it go, I heard a spooky noise last night, and that's about the extent of it. Sure. And there's other places where legitimately spooky stuff happens and unexplained stuff happens. And it's like, oh, I want to investigate that. I don't think there's anything to tell about the Winchester house besides the cool history behind it. Yeah, and it's probably a cool place to like visit. You know, just this crazy huge mansion with a hundred. Yeah, they give tours rooms. all the time. It it is neat, but eh. Um, what about uh like sci-fi stuff and music? Because uh, one of my, an album that came out last year was uh The Source by Arion, and it's like this big sci-fi space opera about you know these robots, AI coming to life and killing humanity, and they gotta escape and f- go to a new planet and um. They do some experiments on themselves, and then they get, like, telepathy. It's a pretty, pretty crazy album. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Love that album. Everyone should go listen to it. 
I honestly can't think of any sci-fi albums that I know. Um, I know the band Starset do a lot of uh, sci-fi stuff in their in their music. Um, you know, just just referencing referencing space and and, and telescopes and, and shit like that. Uh, kind of a synth hard rock band. I feel like probably like Rush has got to have done some of that, and uh, I know Sticks have done some of that. I got a really good one if I can just find what the Dagum album is called. Uh, the Proto Men. But the album or the band? The band. Okay. Oh, you never heard of them? No. They do an album called The Cover Up. That's and cool. it's kind of this fun uh, concept album where they did the soundtrack to a fictional movie. And so the songs are mostly like covers of popular songs, but they're done in the same style. And they're kind of done in an order where you can almost piece together what the plot of the movie would have been. Oh, that's neat. And they do this really fantastic cover of uh, Mr. Roboto, where there's this like Broadway musical theme to it, where the guy is singing, and it's like he's clearly like an android that escaped some sort of android prison. Hmm. But he's like, he's in hindsight thanking the other robot that helped him escape. So it's like you can almost hear the rain falling on his uh, metal uh, face as he peels back his synthetic skin. And he's like, you know, shouting to the heavens, you know, you know thank you very much, oh, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> it's very good. Like, it sounds silly when you think about it too much, but they do this cool. thing where I want to watch the movie by the time the album is over. Yeah, that's cool. I have to uh, look into that. Um, What do you think of Jimmy Neutron? <laughs> I I think um I like that internet meme about salt more than I like any of the actual shows. There's an internet meme about salt involving Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, there's a clip of an episode where he was working in a fast food restaurant, and like the his boss is this teenager that like is always talking down to him. Oh yeah, I remember this. And it's like there's a part where he. Where somebody like drops some salt and he's like, hey, Jimmy, clean that up. So he picks it up and it's like, oh, it's just some sodium chloride. And then the guy's like, no, that's salt. And that's the joke. And, and, like That's the extent of the joke. But people have like remixed it into songs and done all kinds of crazy stuff with it. Oh, yeah. The, I don't the know clip why. It's <laughs> almost two minutes long. I feel like it probably doesn't need to be. No, it doesn't. I remember really liking Jimmy Neutron, and I haven't seen it in a very, very long time, so I have no idea. It's fine. I think I liked it as a kid, but I, I don't uh, I don't think it aged well. What do you think of that spinoff with Ultralord? I don't. I didn't see that. I thought there was. I know there's a spinoff where like Sheen is the smartest person on the planet. I, well, it's like he, long. like he went to a different planet where it's like an alien thing. Yeah, but isn't he like smarter than everybody? Like, or is that was that sold to I, me incorrectly? No, you, you might be right. I I have this very like hazy memory. Besides the fact that oh yeah, they made a Sheen spinoff because they were so desperate for more Jimmy Neutron content. What a what a horseshit idea! I don't know. You know what's weird is that Fairly Odd Parents crossover. Like they did three of those because that actually worked out. That was cool, and it shouldn't have, but it was fine. I enjoyed those. 
it was funny how like they they could get around some of the there's like all these rules with with Timmy and his fairies that he just breaks and they're just they kind of hand wave it away like yeah who gives a fuck like well he can see us but he thinks we're we're, we're holograms that are, are are super scientific so I guess it's fine oh man I know there was something else oh so I like Warhammer 40k. I like what I know about Warhammer 40k. It seems pretty cool. Uh, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> I'm not an expert on it. But I just, I love the art design and the setting where it's just, like, war is what life is, but also there's, like, skeleton robots. Yeah, and there's all kinds of crazy, like, space elves, and there's a lot of, like, Lovecraftian shit, I think, in there, too. Yeah, and I love, uh, I love how there's, like, this, like, human faction that's just like uh like mecha piloting paladin cleric uh you know pope monster people we're just like you know our our insane beliefs are the only correct beliefs i just ah it's fun Mm -hmm. i love uh (laughs) i love the way people will paint the figures because a lot of them have like banners and tabards, so they'll put like a Warcraft logo on there, or just like a a straight up like Burger King logo. It's like that, that's what <laughs> that's where you know evolution took us. Is yeah. that's what they're fighting over? And I love like there's a some of the units have like literal crowns on them, so you get the Burger King flag, and he has a golden crown. This is Happy Birthday. Nice. And it's just oh man, that's what it's, science it's, fiction should be. It always be. amazes me what. People are willing to, the work people are willing to put into for a joke. Like, painting a figure like that small and that well is, like, really hard to do. And so the fact that you would spend hours doing this and then make it just a silly joke figure about Burger King. Or just some yeah, of the really weird fun. Rule 34 I've seen. Have you ever, uh, have you ever painted a miniature? No, um, I've always wanted to, but I don't think I have the patience, and then I'm kind of a perfectionist with some of that stuff, so I know if I fuck it up, I'll just get really angry, and then stop. Uh, I don't know. It takes... Uh, I'm trying to remember the last time I painted figures. Oh, you know what? It was with Richard. And Hi, I think Richard. I did, like, I did three figures plus a giant dragon in the time that he did, like, half of one of his figures, because he was, like... He would do one color and then wait for it to dry to make sure it looks just right and then go on to the other color. Mm. And I was, like, speed painting. I like the idea of getting them and making, you know, just like, cause I, got like all kind of, I got some, you know, figures on my bookshelves, um, mostly Marvel toys and alien toys. But, you know, just I like the, the idea of, like, personal, personalizing something that you think is cool as a base. And you're like, what can I paint this to make it cooler? You know, that's mine. Like a yeah. space dragon, but make it like black and purple or some shit, because I like purple. Oh, I found the figure I was painting. Here, it's a, it's a mermaid, but it's a lionfish mermaid. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I dig that. That that did not take much time at all. Man, if mermaids look like that, I think they'd be a lot less fuckable. Uh, you know, I think mermaids shouldn't be like that attractive. I think they should be attractive from a distance. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the whole shtick, right? Like, they got the, the siren call or whatever. Well, I don't know. I see them portrayed a lot as, like, hyper-beautiful, even up close. And it's like, I think they should be sea monsters that, like, lure you into crashing your boat. Yeah. That's more fun to me. I also think, like, 
you see them like even if they're attractive like from the waist up that that fish thing like in real life like if you've seen a fish they're not an attractive animal they're, they're I don't know looking. there's some attractive fish out there yeah have you seen the pirates of the caribbean 4 yeah i like the mermaids in that one uh in terms of the beauty side yeah it worked like all right. i, I I felt like they passed in terms of like this is totally a sail a sailor tale, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were executed okay. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. It's not worth revisiting. Yeah, I didn't think so. I love Blackbeard though; he's cool. Yeah. I wish Blackbeard was in a sci-fi movie. Like I want, I want Space Pirates of the Space Caribbean. Man, I want to do a Space Pirates of the Space Caribbean book. Oh, you should do that. I was. I'm gonna st- hopefully start it in March. You should, it's not gonna be oh. like. It's only gonna take place on a planet, but you know, I want to do some kind of. That's fine. Punk pirates. He, I need to do research. He man, he man only takes place on one planet, even though they're the masters of the universe. <laughs> that is a. F- that is true. I never fucking thought about it that way. It's such a stupid name. It really is. We're at 58 uh, minutes. <coughs> Yay. That was a nice um, so, Yeah, I guess we should wrap up. This was yeah. an awful show. I'm sorry. Was it? I, this was a weird one. I, don't, I have no idea if this was good or not. I Well, I didn't prepare much. So I feel like my remarks were all over the place. Yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about Warcraft. so We went on some tangents. But tangents are fun. No, cosines. Cosines suck. I don't like cosines. Math joke. Or signs, but I like tangents. Yeah. We gonna do glad space? Uh yes. <laughs> so I got I got something I wanna recommend. That's really awesome. This fucking death metal band called Rivers of Nihil. N I H I L. Oh. And they got an album coming out next month and they they released <sighs> a single called The Silent Life. And it's like this crazy death metal song, and then it's got a fucking saxophone solo in the middle. And it's just super rad. So, yeah, you should check this one out. This is, this is, this is fucking good music. Super excited. That's a good one. Uh, I had one, right? Maybe. What was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I found it. Um, so one of my favorite YouTubers is uh, Stuart the Sock. Yep. And actually, on the topic of sci-fi, he does a really good uh, Alien Isolation Let's Play. And he also does a tutorial video on how to best enjoy Jurassic Park. <laughs> so if you want to look up Stuart the Sock, How to Jurassic Park, that's a good video. But my glad space is he has a spinoff channel where he does commentary to Netflix movies. And uh, he actually did a short one based on a recommendation I gave him called Possibly in Michigan. And it's a it's a student film. You can find it on YouTube. But Possibly in Michigan is a super, like, surreal and creepy, like, what, what am I watching kind of video. But it's also a musical. And the music is very, very bad. But I enjoy it. It's a guilty pleasure. 
Um, so I recommend you look out for his channel, Let's Flicks and Chill. And watch it while you're watching, possibly in Michigan, just so that you don't feel like you're alone, because it's very scary and creepy. <laughs> nice. We get a new Michael Breen movie soon. Isn't he working on that? Yeah, he, he wrapped up filming uh, three weeks ago, and he's in post-production right now. Cool. Yeah. I don't like that I'm excited for his next piece of shit, but I kind of <laughs> am. Which one did you watch? Fateful Findings. We should watch Double Down. Okay. Because that one's it. also fun. Fateful Findings yep. is easily one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Have you ever seen The Apple? No. Okay. <laughs> that might it might top it, but but it's it's close. I mean, even the room is like more coherent than Fateful Findings. Jesus Christ. In fact, the room strokes the director's, like, cock less. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, no, I don't. The no fucking hey. ending to Fateful Findings is ridiculous. When he's just like, I hacked all of the governments. You and then people his first are movie. trying to kill him, and then they die. In fact, his first movie was more sci-fi, because he's like a cybernetic Jesus from the future. Um, you think and it's like, like, friends are just like, do you ever make a movie where you're not an author insert? <laughs> that's almost what you sit down to watch though yeah it's like oh a Neil Breen movie I can't wait to see what he thinks of himself right now <laughs> that's great I don't know you know I kind of want to do uh, an author insert story where it's like uh, clearly the author thinks very lowly of himself like I want to do the opposite of a Mary Stew where it's like the, you know, and then Cameron arrived on the Star Trek bridge, and Kirk was like, "Oh, get out of here, you!" And Cameron was sad, so he went he went back to his office, and he he ate space Oreos for a while, and then he he was watching My Little Pony, and he he felt better again, but he he realized that he probably shouldn't. He doesn't deserve to feel better, <laughs> and the whole book <laughs> should be like that. That'd be pretty funny. I I dig uh. that idea. That would, I mean, it'd probably be a better short story than a full book, but yeah. I feel like there's something there. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I like Mary Sue's. I they're not inherently them. bad. They're not, um, but I, I think, usually... you know what, real quick, before we end the show, I, I'm really tired of people pointing out tropes and then saying that they don't like the movie anymore because they recognize the trope. Yeah, that's stupid. Tropes aren't bad by themselves. It's how they're used. Yeah, if something is misused and presented poorly and it's a bad story, yeah, I, yeah, that ruined it because of blank cliche. But just because you recognize a cliche doesn't mean that you're not allowed to like the movie anymore. And it's like people are just like regurgitating things. It's like, oh, I was on TVTropes.com, I just I just realized all of Star Trek is bad now. I like, love TV up. Tropes because of like the exact opposite reason. I love seeing the kinds of... um. The, the tropes and cliches that go into making something I enjoy and how they can be used properly. Like, I think if you're trying to write a book or a story or anything, you should take a thing you like and go to TV tropes and just see what make what it's like looking at like the building blocks to the narrative. It, it's super useful. Well, yeah, they're tools that you need to know. So those, I run into kinda... people that are like, I'm writing a book. It's like, Oh, who do you read? Oh, I don't read. I just, I write. It's like, oh, so you write shitty books. <laughs> cool. 
Pretty much. I mean, I can't really draw without a reference. That's just how art works. Yep. I hate it when people are like, it's my first book, I'm going to break down all of these tropes. And it's like, oh, no, you're not. You think you are, but it's going to be horrible. Ran into well, that even Like, uh, what, what gets me with the Mary Sue thing, and this brings it back to Star Trek, but, I mean, it's just, it's fan fiction. I think you're allowed to have a Mary Sue in fan fiction, right? Yeah, I don't see why not. It's, it's fan fiction. Right. I, I I don't know. It's weird. That seems to be a recurring complaint about the new Star Wars movies. And I just... I, I don't understand what people want. I don't think people know what they want. They want the same, well, but different don't. enough to be, like, not the same. And if they get something too different, they're upset. And if they get something too the same, they're upset. And if they get something <laughs> that doesn't fulfill the expanded universe lore they spent decades reading, they're upset. Well, you know what my dad was telling me about a... There's a good Star Wars book that's, um... It's Expanded Universe, but it came out after Episode Four. So, what's great about the book is that Luke and Leia's romance, like, progresses. Oh, really? Yeah, because no one at the time knew they were actually brother and sister. So, like, this author was just working with what's in the movie. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah they're obviously going to hook up. So, what's great is, like, Empire comes out and it's like, oh, cool... That's good. Good, yay. <laughs> um, man, Luke got fucked. Like his sister's like, oh, I'm like a sky princess of a planet, and he's just like, oh, I'm some shitty kid on a desert wasteland. I'm poor well, as fuck. Uh, quick, quick question: What planet? Uh, Alderaan, and then Tatooine. I don't see. I don't see any Alderaan. Oh I'm, man, there's nothing over there. Darth Vader was a very good magician. He was just like, look what I got under my hat. Hey, Alderaan's not around anymore. <laughs> I like that part in Rogue One where he just like went full on Star Wars Force Unleashed 2 for Xbox 360 and like cut up everybody. <laughs> it's like, yay! Man, it Rogue One is a bad messy movie. movie. It's messy. It, it has so many like neat... half hour is great and everything before that kind of sucks. There there are so many bits. I mean, you can tell that it was rewritten three times, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a shame, because they have, they have good stuff there. Again, there's good tools to work with, there's good tools to play with, and then they just kind of turn it into a bunch of tools. Yep. That's a good way to end, like the little wordplay there. I did it! Yay! Well, good night, everybody. Good and night. remember, opinions are cheap, and that's why you love us. I'll cut that one. <laughs>